0: Hello, and welcome to the Dalehurst Writing Show. This is the podcast in which I, Dale Hurst, an author and broadcaster, discuss topics surrounding writing, publishing, and storytelling. And as this is something of a festive episode, I'm going to deviate slightly from the usual tradition and dish on a few recent Christmassy releases. For those desiring a bit of verse this festive season carol ann duffy released her christmas poems collection on the 25th of november so grab that if you wish also there's the christmas pig by jk rowling so this is christmas by tracy Andrine, and of course the christmasaurus and the naughty list from mcfly's tom fletcher and that's enough of that let's crack on with the podcast proper And ten fortnights later, we have reached our season finale, just in time for Christmas. Which is apt, as today's episode is a Christmas special, talking Christmas stories. What makes a heartwarming, beloved Christmas tale? What are the firm pre-existing favourites? And what stories are yet to be told at Christmas? And for this episode, I have a special treat in the form of two people whose names have frequently appeared next to mine in podcasting. One is a prize-winning short story writer. The other has appeared alongside the likes of Olivia Colman, Charles Dance and Ken Jong as an extra in various (laughs) films and TV series. More importantly, they're my old podcasting partners, the ghosts of podcast past, James Boxall and Aaron Hayes. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Hello.
2: It's a pleasure to be back in In my own flat.
1: Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. You can add to that list of actors I've worked with, Jonathan Price and Imelda Staunton. Oh, I said... Oh. Oh, you've been... Invited back for, to yes. the crown, my goodness! The, her Majesty's Navy, uh, on the Royal Yacht Britannia. Well, well, well. Yes. So, so you've been up, up close and personal. Oh yes, so I've been saluting at her. Well, not at her, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Standing to attention, and yes, yeah, she walked past me. Well,
0: well, well. Yeah. My goodness. Well, there we are then, Yes, yeah, So Sir Jonathan Price and Imelda Staunton to add to that list. Well, we're not here to talk about necessarily The Crown, although um, I do uh, usually offer a window of opportunity for my guests to talk about any creative projects they may have. James, as a as a resident non-creative, did you have anything you wanted to talk about news-wise?
2: Um, no. Oh, OK. <laughs> no. Um, Have you not created anything? I wrote like two lines of code today. There you go. I've made a gif of a dog, 10% smaller. Oh, lovely. So it's a bit quicker. Indeed. Indeed. Pretty busy day. Mm.
0: And Aaron, you have been, uh, you were telling me before we started airing that you've
1: been working on some songs. Some songs. I'm writing some songs. I'm rehearsing some covers of lots of Christmas songs, obviously, doing some Christmas parties, uh, and I am available for bookings. Might be at last minute now, because, you know. Mm. But. Better late than never.
0: Well, we'll begin the discussion proper in that case. And uh, because this is a Christmas episode and we're dedicating it to the idea of Christmas stories, what are your favourite Christmas stories? Now, whether that's a book or a film or TV series or whatever, and it doesn't necessarily have to be from now. It could be from your childhood, if you... Think you're a bit too old for that sort of thing now. So, uh, Aaron, what was your uh, what what is your still
1: your favourite? I love A Christmas Carol. I know it's a classic and probably lots of people's favourite. Um, but there is something special about the story of A Christmas Carol, and obviously the, the lead character and his change of heart. And yeah, I, I read it a few years ago. I read it again. The, obviously, the Charles Dickens' book, and seen the film seen the Muppets version is very good mm-hmm. that it is that <laughs> and it a is. lot of uh, stories are actually based on that story mm. so yeah there's just something special about it and I also like the Jim Carrey uh, animation the, oh the
0: yes the Disney version yes yeah.
1: Um, yeah just Scrooge's change of heart and um, how someone can be changed uh, through the magic of Christmas indeed and James well, he, he
2: stole my answer I think oh. it's a pretty iconic tale it is it. obviously um, everything seems to be based on it you know the spin-offs and future armor or mm-hmm. it's always sunny in Philadelphia and everything yeah. <laughs> always falls back to one Christmas story Ebony's a Scrooge I think the Muppet version is the definitive version it I, is I just, It
0: mm. of all the adaptations it is still highly regarded as something that is the most faithful and having read it myself I read it for the first time in a long time last year and Actually, recognised a lot. They kept a lot of the dialogue mm. from that original source material. Bearing in mind, it is a Muppet movie. You know, it, it, it's actually amazing how little they sort of invaded the story. Really, it's otherwise it is just a Christmas Carol. It just Didn't so they happens.
2: add an extra partner that was like, oh yes, yeah, they're in Marley, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, it's, it's uh, Jacob and Robert Marley. But I think that's the only major change that they made and uh, but it was a good change all the same because it spawned a fantastic song with Marley and Marley and I love it
1: to this day is this a good point for your Kermit impression
0: oh I can't really do one for um the, if you please mr scrooge the bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire <laughs> well,
1: that's michael Caine, isn't it scrooge yes yeah. that's correct
0: yeah 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 how would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly
1: unemployed <laughs> <laughs> i also like the muppets because another one of my favourite Christmas films is um, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, and yes. The Muppets, I think, do a film based on that. It was like, I wish I'd never been born. And then it's the world as if he was never born.
0: Oh, see, I haven't yeah. seen that. But yeah. uh, see, I, I mean, I've seen It's a Wonderful Life. I didn't actually care for it that much as a film. And, and that's what a lot of people say is the definitive Christmas story. Mm. But I look at it and think to myself... I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it really. But oh. even that is inspired by a Christmas Carol. In um, a weird yeah. in sort of a, a manipulation on it, with the guardian angel and looking back yeah. on one's life. But obviously, in terms of uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, looking at it as though he hadn't existed in the first place and how the world would have been without him. Mm. I love it.
2: What um? What other Christmas stories are there? The only one I could think of was the Snowman, which uh, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's my childhood. Really, that takes me back. Was uh, it even a good story, the Snowman?
0: I mean, I don't personally get all the hype about it. You know, it's that. I mean, it's got that song, and it's pretty. Yeah, and that is pretty much all there is to it. There's no dialogue. It's all told in. It just made Alec Jones famous. Yeah, it did,
1: he... yes, essentially. Um, so yeah, For I do that. But he's got it's, a lot to answer. <laughs> it's really sad, and it's weird how a Christmas, some Christmas films have a, quite a strong aspect of sort of tragedy and sadness mm. um, at the end. Uh, and it's supposed to be a kids' film, you know. It's re- really sad ending. Um, that's really what I take away from that film is the ending being really sad. Um, And that's not what you want from a Christmas film, is it? You want to... And, and, you know, we go into
0: sort of the next point a little prematurely, really. But uh, going back to your question, James, I mean, the other film that I observe almost religiously at Christmas is The Grinch, um, Jim Carrey's Mm -hmm. version. Oh, yes. Directed by Ron Howard, etc., etc. Again, I I think it's the humour involved in Jim Carrey's portrayal of that character than the story itself but then again you know in the same way as Scrooge we undergo a change of heart in the lead Mm. character and you know I think that is what a fair few Christmas stories sort of focus on is how it transforms someone who's quite hard and against the season to come around to it and Mm. you know sort of realise generosity of spirit is what it is is what it's about essentially
1: aspect of redemption yes that yeah. too themes
0: of redemption and, uh, and charity etc etc mm. mm.
1: I love Jim Carrey's portrayal of the Green um, yeah I think he's a genius comedy actor and he really transforms into that role yeah that is definitely one of my favourites
2: well there is one other Christmas story that we have forgotten and maybe you could critique it Dale um, the Bible
1: Oh, the greatest story ever told!
2: Uh, So people have said,
0: yes, indeed. Um, Well, I hadn't actually come along to prepare; I wasn't prepared for uh, for biblical critique. Um, It's in the title, the Jesus
2: bit where he comes out. Just that bit of the plot where he comes out. Where he comes (laughs) out. You know what? He might not. Um, (laughs) That element of the story. How would you critique it? taking away the religious aspect just purely
0: I think it's all a bit unbelievable really the um, <laughs> yeah the uh the conception and leading up to the birth I mean we hear nothing of the pain and the anguish and the strangling Joseph as uh, as she was told to push by a sheep mm. who was doubling as a midwife because they were having it in a stable and that's it needed a, a twist is. yes it did I, I, think, th- I don't think twisting it would have helped. what <laughs> twist!
1: Oh, I <laughs> think. Not, I I'm sure she was screaming the stable down. Mm, oh, I can um, imagine. But this being, she same, couldn't
2: scream Jesus, could she?
1: Not yet. <laughs>
0: that um, came later. I think um, you know, having had to endure so many depictions of the nativity at various school plays and church services that we've attended over the years. How w- many <laughs> recently school plays <laughs> have you been to? Oh none, none. Um, okay
1: what did you play in the nativity at school? Oh
0: I think I was a narrator for most oh, of, of them. course of course. I was King Herod once of course at uh, St Peter's Church so I would have been 12. Mm. Mm. yeah I was a I was King Herod for that one. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it was ma- it was mainly just narratorial and uh, and choral roles, mm.
1: really. But you know, we're talking about Christmas stories having an aspect of a change of heart, redemption. Well, supposedly Jesus came to the earth to save the sinners and to redeem everyone. Mm. So that kind of fits in him. Did
2: it really work? Did it? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> not suppose not. <laughs>
1: well, Dale, still is.
0: <laughs> I am indeed. Yes, I'm a relic of that time. So, sort of following on from that, mm. then, what do we think a good Christmas story needs specifically to appeal to
2: you two? Well, mm. that's the thing. There's always a bit of magic and stuff in. That's really for kids. How old were you when you found out Father Christmas wasn't real, Dale? Five.
0: Five. <laughs> no, I think it was like that's ten. Ten. I can't remember really. It was it was somewhere around then. It seemed like
2: like the normal sort of age, the normal time. Yeah, it's fair enough. But afterwards, did Christmas stories were they not as good?
0: Mm, no, uh, the well, things ones involving Santa, I guess didn't. But you know, I, I guess I have a still a bit of a, a relic of child about my uh, about my mind and my imagination that uh, I can sort of still enjoy i can still enjoy them i I think you're right though they do need a bit of that but in terms of the magic that they are for fairy tales they are aimed more at children anyway in terms of the films and the books etc
2: yeah i think you'd have to do something completely different to what's been done before for Mm -hmm. it to really appeal to someone our age yes like what give me a
1: give me an example
2: I'd, I'd normally read the review first before just diving in. Oh, sick, this kid. But you've twist. got like the Frozen North, you've got elves, you've got a magic old man. Like, there's a bit of a fantasy setting there, surely. Mm-hmm. You could... could sort of uh, epic fantasyify it. I think it needs to be darker, really. I think a bit gritty, a bit darker, mm-hmm. you know. So, well... Like, Father Christmas is killed. What do they do?
0: Um, a Family Guy did an episode where Stewie and Brian take a trip to the North Pole and find that uh, Father Christmas is uh, Santa is completely overworked, um, and uh, his elves have all become uh, well, virtually mutated. Um, various things wrong with them because they're more or less inbred, and the um, the reindeer are uh, vicious, carnivorous creatures. Um, none of the magic left there anymore because they are so overworked from all the stuff people have been asking for over Christmas.
2: Sounds like Amazon workers. <laughs> 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 so is that the sort of thing you
0: were sort of looking for? Well,
2: yeah, I mean, I have very low opinion of Family Guy. But... No,
0: uh, they, they they sing a, a rather joyous song and uh, at the end all the uh, elves hang themselves from candy canes. I like. Oh. Not <laughs> one for
2: the kids I liked It's Always Sunny at Christmas When? I forget Danny DeVito hides in the couch naked And like crawls out Oh, <laughs> oh
1: yeah <I> <laughs> See yeah that's what a Christmas story needs Danny DeVito crawling out naked from a couch Understood um, And let me just make a note of that.
0: <laughs> Danny DeVito couch naked It's Always Sunny Yep yeah. What about you, Aaron, in terms of what do you think a good Christmas story needs to entice you? Apart from mm. what we've mentioned already, that is.
1: Yes. I think it needs that kind of magic, like overcoming the impossible, almost. Um, a miracle. Mm. Yeah. Something a miraculous uh, happening. Um, yeah, I, I watched, actually, talking about sort of alternative sort of Christmas films... Um, One on Netflix a a couple of years ago. I think it's called El Camino Christmas. It was basically like a shootout. You
0: didn't just watch the Breaking Bad spin-off
1: movie and think it was a
0: Christmas film. You were thinking the same thing, weren't you? (laughs) No, it's definitely called
1: El Camino. Starring Tim Allen, who was in The Santa Clause. And who plays uh, Buzz Lightyear. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, El Camino. Yeah, it's like... uh, uh, a shootout at a store because they think he, the guy is holding them hostage but it's all a misunderstanding anyway it's basically about this relationship between the father and the son um, being reunited and reconnecting at mm. Christmas so yeah something like that I think you know, you know um, Home Alone which is another classic Christmas film I think the heart of that story is the boy helping his next door neighbour the old man reconnect with his son um, so yeah something like that some sort of um, Overcoming uh, hard times um, and maybe repairing long-term wounds,
0: because mm. I think these things they sort of appeal to one's to the the consumer's conscience as well, which was which was after all the original sort of the point I suppose behind a Christmas carol was it was it was meant to appeal to people's social conscience, the Victorian society's social conscience because that was what Dickens was all about anyway. He was a social critic as much as he was a novelist. So, yeah, I mean, even in the example that you just said then about a young boy helping a father and son reconnect, it's sort of, uh, you know, encouraging help your friends, help your neighbours, carrying that message. Mm -hmm. And that actually takes me over to my next point, actually, unless you had anything to add, James. Um, In these modern times, what moral message or message is can we base a christmas story around and help tell and or send Mm -hmm. especially seeing as we are in an age i think where and in a society where morals are a bit more skewed where you know the fact that be kind has become such a a slogan an often ignored slogan for a lot of for a lot of places a lot of businesses and companies and well just brands in general that you know the the fact that we have to physically say it rather than it just be innate as it was when I was growing up you didn't, no one needed encouraging or reminding to be kind you just did it so you know how can we uh, sort of uh, pass on a moral message appeal to the social conscience do you think?
2: well that's technology for you that's made everyone unkind isn't it mm. so don't know have a Christmas blackout or something no
1: <laughs> lockdown Father Christmas
2: course. crashes into the internet and takes it out for a, the holidays and yeah. then away we go hmm
0: so almost feeling like a bit of a dystopian coming on of uh removing the internet from people's lives forcing them to uh
1: Hmm. of course hospitals need uh, technology to keep people alive mm,
0: they per- managed perfectly well without it pre-technology did they not Yeah.
2: well I think a lot more
0: people
1: died <laughs> that know, is true die of yeah.
2: like a very true very stuck true. toe like, um.
1: <laughs> yeah well, I think like just seeing each other as human beings love thy neighbour like with all these asylum seekers and refugees coming over and not seeing them as you know Irritants and filling up our country, but just seeing them as human beings who are in a desperate situation. Um,
2: Yeah, you could do the whole journey to Bethlehem as going across the channel, I guess, (laughs) though I would not recommend doing that. No, no. Um, Particularly this time of year Mm. and given recent events. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's like elements you can always put a modern twist on.
1: Kids are spoiled at Christmas. Well, it depends on the family. Yeah, it depends on the family.
2: Um, Some kids are getting food bank. Food.
1: Ah, true. True. But maybe that doesn't teach the best morals. You know, oh, we're going to buy you everything you want. Well, not all kids, obviously. Mm. James got Where's Wally books. (laughs) When he was 24. (laughs) Well, then again, Christmas is for indulgence. I don't call Where's Wally books an indulgence.
0: Do you? I call them a return. <laughs> <laughs> this is all on another podcast from a uh, fair couple of years ago.
1: But maybe the Grinch had a point in taking all the presents away, taking all the decorations, all the food, and then they had to actually think, okay, what what have we actually got left that means something? Mm.
2: The Grinch had a point.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, he did. Though that's the thing, and they and the best thing is they. the most part come to realise that. uh, Mm. that I've got all I want for Christmas right here. It's my family.
1: Yeah. And the Grinch realises, maybe Christmas means a little bit more. Yes. Yeah.
0: Precisely. Well... We've been gearing up to this. What genres of Christmas story would you like to see that you haven't yet? You've already mentioned James as sort of a gritty fantasy kind of thing. The present ones include the fairy tale, which we've said, because we've got the rom com, i.e., love, actually regarded as a, you know, as a staple Christmas story nowadays. There's the ghost story, which, you know, which you know encompasses the idea, a Christmas Carol as mm-hmm. a ghost. Story and uh, the the BBC went through a phase of doing a ghost story at Christmas, a regular feature, which in turn could go to uh, you know go to horror as well. But I have a couple of ideas that I wonder if you might be interested to hear. There's the psychological thriller I thought might be a good one. Um, Isn't that Mrs Brown's Boys? (laughs) Just full blown disaster film that, or indeed yeah, monster and or disaster, a political satire modern day politics is just satire but um yes (laughs) that's very true and then I also was thinking about the idea of the true story now say what you would like about the Christmas nativity true or not you know but these there are a couple of ideas that I've actually written down here that are true stories and relate to Christmas in some way that we might like to see in either a literary adaptation or in Film or television series sort of thing. Now, the first one uh, is to do with the legend of Good King Wenceslas. Um, Mm. We know The Christmas Carol quite well. The majority of the listenership, I would expect, anyway. Are you going to sing it? No. Good King Wenceslas was actually a real person. He was based on uh, Wenceslaus I... Uh, the Duke of Bohemia So present day Czech Republic Who was murdered at the age of 24 His brother Who is wonderfully named Boleslaus the Cruel uh, Was complicit in the murder So I thought to myself Well that would be a good thing wow. To show off at Christmas A nice true story for you there
2: There's a statue of him in Prague I'm pretty sure Yeah, I think, the he's, good the, one. I think the he's the patron one.
0: saint Of the Czech Republic actually mm. Saint uh, Saint Venceslaus, or Václav, um, they decided to go on a much shorter version in the uh, in Czech language of uh, Václav. The other one, which came to me today, actually, was the oft recounted tale um, of the Christmas Day truce, the football match between England and German forces during World War One in nineteen fourteen. That is a miracle. Now it is indeed. Well, you know it. it tells all the, the i think it possesses all the bits that we were sort of talking about the the miraculous nature of it all the appealing to the social conscience that even in times of war people can come together at christmas mm-hmm. or sort of enmity is laid aside and uh, you know that sort of that sort of thing i know that they um they turned it into an advert for i think it was sainsbury's Back in twenty fourteen to so as to mark the centenary. But I think that there's a lot more to it than that, that you could actually turn it into a full scale drama or even invoke some comedy in there as well as a and turn it into a real good, feel-good Christmas story that ends with the leaders of the two sides saluting and, and this and then we knew the war was back on again, sort of thing. I thought that I could I could almost picture that happening. On on a screen in front of me, or having it in a in a book form of some
1: description. So I
0: would like uh, that's one I'd like to see personally.
1: Yes, me too. I have actually thought about that myself, to sort of incorporating that into a film somehow. Mm. Uh, and I bought a book about it to try and do some more research because uh, I had this idea for a film uh, set in World War One, and I thought I could incorporate that. But yeah, it is an amazing story. And then like the next day, the gunfire started again. So mm. weird. Talking about the uh, the murder, Good King Wenceslas. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did at at the risk of giving your book a plug. Yeah, I thought I've never seen a Christmas sort of murder mystery type story. I don't I don't I can't think of one uh, like a film or a book. So yeah, maybe sort of a murder mystery set around Christmas time, Christmas themed.
0: Well, um, Agatha Christie did a Poirot story. Yeah. set at Christmas in, oh. called Hercule Poirot's Christmas. Uh, a couple of them are set. Even a couple of the short stories are also set at Christmas that are murder mysteries. And one involving a. Uh, a jewel heist as well. I think the theft of a ruby. But yeah, in terms of uh, you, I mean, are you thinking more along the lines of a uh, sort of a Knives Out style? Yeah. Who done it for for yeah. Christmas? I maybe, mean, I'd be up for that.
1: Maybe Santa's the one that's murdered.
0: <laughs> oh well, I mean that could open up an all, all manner of kettle of fish, couldn't it? A can of cans of worms. James, do you have anything to
2: sort of? Um, I agree on the um the football story. It sounds like for the other one, though, it'd just be someone just getting killed in their sleep. <laughs> What's so good about that?
0: Well, I think we I think we'd embellish it a little bit Pan to, it out yeah, yeah. W- mm. to sort of tell the full story and obviously include the the story that's involved in the in
2: the Carol as but well. How would it be Christmassy? It just be on Christmas Day. Anything's a Christmas story if it's on the twenty fifth. It's a
1: very good point so we just have to set it on the 25th of December
0: oh well, then we'll have all the history critics say oh well he didn't die on that day <laughs> well actually... Jesus
1: wasn't born on that day so. N-
2: uh, no well so they say wasn't yes. he born in like 4 BC <laughs>
0: yeah well the sort of the um, the next point potentially the final point that I wanted to sort of talk about was um Christmas stories that are themed around songs now or based around songs, I should say. The most recently, they brought out a film called Last Christmas, based on the, the Wham song, and I think it in, of, on Wham music in general. Uh, as a matter of fact, with uh, Emilia Clarke and Emma Thompson among quite. the stars, I thought it was apparently uh, never actually got around to seeing it myself, but uh, my par- my mother saw it and she said it was quite good.
1: I've seen it. It's quite a literal interpretation of the lyrics of Last Christmas. Oh, is it really? Yeah, without giving too much away.
2: Mm. Oh well, there we are then. So just uh, hear the song
1: and get it. Spoken. <laughs> well, last Christmas I gave you my heart, uh, that does give it away though. Mm. Um, Some
2: sort of organ. <laughs>
0: I must have been nineteen, twenty before I realised that the lyric, the last Christmas I gave you my heart, and it, I was only nineteen or twenty when I discovered the next line is, and this year I'll send you my ear, and give it to someone special <laughs> to save me from tears, which.
1: Mm, that's like Van Gogh.
0: Yeah, yeah I suppose it is, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh dear, that's a, that took a very grim turn. Well, anyway, I mean, do you think there are other songs, uh, other stories in in Christmas songs mm. that could make their way into a full blown?
1: Is Frozen a, technically a Christmas film? Eh, that's, that's just a lot cold.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's based on a Hans Christian Andersen fairy mm. tale, I think. Yeah. I've only,
1: I've never seen it. You've never seen Frozen? No. Well, I've had to sit through both of them due mm. my sisters. Oh, yeah. Is Big that a Big disclaimer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, there's the two sisters in the film, Elsa and Anna. They basically relate to, I guess, because they're both sisters. I, I, There's a song by The Killers called um, Christmas in L.A. And it's sort of a story to the song. It's about an actor who has to spend Christmas in L.A. because he's trying to get auditions. Or he's away from home, but he's trying to follow his dream. So I thought maybe that might make a good film, you know, an actor who has to sort of uh, sacrifice his Christmas at home and is missing home, but is trying to find his dream of, mm. as an actor in L.A., which is obviously not what he's used to because he's used to like snow and the cold, and he's in L.A. I would recommend the song by The Killers. Yes. Um, and the, the music video has that actor in it, Owen Wilson. Oh, yes. long blonde, blonde actor, yeah. Yes. So it's we... quite a good music video as well. He's <laughs> yeah. a very famous man. I'm checking I got the name right. So, yeah, you, you could sort of make a story out of that somehow.
2: Mm. Well obviously fair tale of new york oh yes uh, yes maybe make one in new york yeah in new york probably yeah. yeah would be good did you ever play a game on nintendo ds called elite beat agents
0: no i can't say i did it was
2: like guitar hero on nintendo ds it had songs i see but there was like a christmas one and there's like a backing story with it and you have to play the song well to progress it, uh, to tell a story i see <laughs> and then uh there's um you're the inspiration by chicago on it for the christmas thing and it's about a dad who doesn't make it home for christmas and then you have to do this song and uh bring back his ghost to make it home for christmas Mm -hmm. if you watch it on youtube you'll cry
0: (laughs) oh right okay well i'll wait until i'm home for that then
1: that's another um, another theme of Christmas stories is like coming home for Christmas mm. trying to get yeah. home for Christmas you know?
0: what about the one that I wrote for you Aaron or that I w- oh, or yes, wrote that's... some some of it for you um, Christmas Made Me A Fool uh, yes. tentative, tentatively titled um, uh, a Christmas song that uh, Well, Aaron told me a couple of years ago that he was planning on writing a Christmas song and that was the mm. name that you gave it Christmas Made Me A Fool and I thought now that would now that does sound like a song that I would listen to if it's done in the sort of the, the traditional sort of swing jazz style of Sinatra and Nat, Nat King Cole, for which you know which is a style that you sort of use anyway. Mm. Um, and then you told me that you were focusing on other songs and you hadn't gotten around to writing anything. and I was a bit disappointed, so I thought, well, I'll give it see if I give it a bash myself. Yeah. And I know that I didn't give you the full thing, but I gave you some of it. Yes. So I mean, much as that would be a decent song in and of itself, though I say it myself,
1: or do you think you would ever see it turn into something bigger? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I, I started writing it and I, I got annoyed with the tune. Because, and I, I don't want to write like a Christmas song that everyone thinks, oh, I'm sick of hearing that. Um, so that's why I stopped, because I wanted to find something a bit more interesting. I think every um,
0: artist gets a bit bored of their own work when they're yeah, working on it constantly. Laughed, true. aren't True. Um,
1: but yes, the story you sent me was very much what I had in mind. Um, which and your lyrics about you know this man sitting in a bar staring out the window he's obviously been broken hearted um, and quite a lot of Christmas songs are sad like last Christmas um, lonely, this, lonely Christmas. this Christmas so yeah there is like I said earlier the aspect of sadness in Christmas stories hopefully at the end he can find some kind of love but who knows mm. maybe he falls in love with a slow man
2: are you going to perform it now for everyone <laughs>
1: Me No, We've no, it's not, fi- it's not finished I can read the words Well, you can if you wish yeah. I mean, oh. know him now. <laughs> I'll read some of it To get the idea of the story go And
0: on. bear in mind I am not a, uh, I'm not a lyricist or a poet for Well, I mean, I have done some poetry And I don't regard myself as a particularly gifted poet and or lyricist So, uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of you will sing it Let's go
1: I saw you standing there In that alpine bar in the square Guy's arm around you, that ain't fair Oh, Christmas made me a fool That time that Christmas made me a fool. You left me leaning on my elbow at the windowsill, staring out blankly like an imbecile. Had I followed you, would I have been able to speak to you? No. That's a sneak preview.
0: (laughs) I didn't remember reading, uh, uh, writing that far.
1: Yeah. But I did it all the same. Beat the blizzards just to know your name. Never fell so hard for a dame. Oh, Christmas made me a fool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Could be like
0: your
1: catchphrase.
0: Well, you know, maybe you will Maybe you will finish it for, yes. for us, and uh, maybe you will do it one day.
1: Yes, I'll start in the film.
0: Oh, well, I meant the song. But oh, uh, I mean, yes.
1: The song can be the theme of the film.
0: Now then, it's reading time. I was going to read you something that's supposed to constitute a political satire in Christmas story form, but upon reading it through, I decided it actually needs a bit of work still. So, instead... I'm going to give a snippet from Lust and Liberty. Both Berylford books have scenes set at Christmas. Um, but this is from book one, so from Lust and Liberty is a bit of one of our Christmas chapters. When the clock in Mrs Haffisidge's parlour chimed its seventh chime Christmas Eve, the hostesses presented themselves with great festive decoration. Mrs Haffisidge, wearing a new silk gown of a deep red colour, that of a ruby shade which endowed also the richest wines of Portugal, with her best gold earrings and necklace encrusted with garnets and opals. The embroidery in the gown had been done in a golden thread. Below her neck was a brooch, the design of which bore the likeness of holly-leaf and berries. She was anxiously examining and re-examining her appearance before the looking-glass, not because she was afraid there was anything wrong about her, but because she wanted every distraction possible to occupy her mind, lest it should turn to less savoury notions that would disturb and frighten her, and incommode her pleasure only further. The idea that Christopher Tratsley, if indeed that was his real name, knew who she was prior to her widowhood and now following it, and even worse, possibly, where she lived, was almost too much for her mind to endure. Before it could take over her thoughts, however, Mrs. Ermstone arrived next to her in the mirror, "'dressed in green and silver, emeralds and diamonds set within her silver jewellery "'and a brooch that bore the design of three mistletoe berries, represented in pearls. "'Mrs Haffesidge looked her friend up and down. "'You are looking very regal this night, Elspeth,' she said. "'As are you, Judith Anne replied Mrs Ermstone, "'though I'm not in the position to eclipse my Lady Verrington, am I?' "'After a slight pause at whether the true answer would give offence, "'Mrs Haffesidge returned, "'I don't think there's any hazard for that, madam,' Lady Verrington always impresses with her fashion sense. There was a long pause as they both beheld their reflections in the mirror. "'Elspeth,' said Mrs Haffersage, a tone of fear lingering in her voice. "'You will never think unkindly of me, will you?' "'Regardless of what you may hear.' "'Well, really, Judith-Anne, I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about.' "'Oh, pay me no heed, my dear,' Mrs Haffersage opted against that line of conversation. "'This madness with the whole Juliet-Harrowsley nonsense has my mind on the edge of a knife.' Mrs. Ermstone took her friend's hands in hers. Tonight we make merriment in all who enter our company, she said sweetly. In food, in drink and in music, we will make it. That is your duty tonight, my dear Judith Ann. They smiled at one another and before the conversation could continue, a knock came at the door.
1: Do you um, like read a nice story on Christmas Eve or get yourself in the mood? By the fire.
0: No, well, I'm usually out getting wasted on Christmas <laughs> right. Eve.
1: So, well, around Christmas, do you sit down by the fire with a little Christmas story? No, 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 I mean, last year I read a Christmas carol again, but that was
0: more the edition that I got is all of Dickens's Christmas stories. He didn't just write a Christmas carol. There are there's about five different Christmas writings mm-hmm. that he did. Um, so this year I'm going to read the next his net, perhaps next most famous one, which is called the Cricket on the Hearth, and it's. Quite similar, actually, to A Christmas Carol in the sense that it is a about a, ch- um, a man's change of heart, but uh, instead of a ghost, it's ta- he's taken by a magical cricket, or so I'm told. Anyway, I haven't actually read it before, so I, I may. Uh, read- be but- rickety cricket. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be for the that'll be for the adaptation. Um, if they're still going, it's always sunny. Which uh, to this day now is the officially the longest running. U.S. comedy show in American television history uh, going on to its 15th season. So, uh, well, gentlemen, thank you for returning to the podcasting table actually, admittedly, at James's flat to help me draw the line under the first series of my writing podcast, The Dale Rehearsed Writing Show. I do appreciate your time and uh, your professionalism. Well done, James, for being such a good sport. I thought we were going to have a lot of trouble from you in the Christmas story department.
2: Well, I'm, I'm more mature these days. <laughs> that's my pro- that was the problem.
0: I thought you were going to say, "Oh, I don't like Christmas. I'm too old for that shit," or some such. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet.
1: We'll we'll change his heart. Mm,
0: that's it. That, that, that's a, that's maybe a it already story. changed. Mm, <laughs> oh, maybe maybe. Anyway, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Goodbye for now. Ta-ra. Bye. And with that, I bring this first season of The Dale Hurst Writing Show to a close. If you would like there to be a second season, kindly get in touch, leave us a comment or ping us a message at one of the many Dale Hurst author channels. I'm on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Ahead of Christmas I'd like to plug my two books as ever, The Berylford Scandals, Lust and Liberty and Sin and Secrecy respectively. Head over to Amazon to grab those, either for yourself or as a gift for family of friends. From myself, Dalehurst, I wish a very Merry Christmas. See you all in the new year.